What's up, Slick Talkers? I want to promote a quick little thing that we're doing at Good Morning Hospitality called Good Morning Retreats. This is our first ever retreat, and we are hosting a hospitality training retreat at the Horst Schultz Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. Now, this is going to be July 8th through the 10th, and it's for operators only. So if you're a property manager and you want to actually dive into the inner workings of providing hospitality and not just the operations of your business, then this is what you need to do and sign up for. So go to goodmorningretreats.com in order to get into an intimate setting with other operators just like you. If you go to the website, you'll see the published agenda and other things around the whole retreat. We're excited to host you. And if you're going to the retreat already and you've already confirmed your spot, we can't wait to show you what we have up our sleeves for this event. Now, let's move on to the episode. Thanks for tuning in. And like always, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm back with Adam Knight, the 20-year hospitality veteran. Um, For many of my listeners out there who have heard our episode together in the past on how to become or wanting to become a hotel manager, um, I'm back with Adam Knight, and we're doing a podcast series. And today's episode is going to be featuring and going deep into the topic of the difference between service and hospitality so welcome, Adam Knight. How are you doing, Adam? Hey, great, Will. Thanks for having me back. Anytime, my man. I'm super excited um, that you agreed to uh, go into this uh, podcast series with me. I think you have a lot to bring to the table. So like we said earlier, let's uh, let's inspire some more uh, hotel people. Let's do it. So I saw on your website um, the proven principles uh, for the people that you know are listening for the first time with this episode. Um, Adam is a 20-year veteran in the hospitality industry from uh, working in the dish pit in a restaurant to uh, VP and upper management in hotels, uh, traveling all around the world and just getting a tons of experience and now started his own consulting company called Proven Principles. And um, these uh, the, the principles pretty much are just going into developing a team and developing a good product and service. And on your blog, Adam, um, I saw there's a um, there's a pot or not sorry uh, a blog called um, service versus hospitality. So let's kind of dive into what that means to you, because um, I've seen a lot of people that are in the industry, and um, there's a question that's always asked: and what does hospitality mean to you uh, versus the actual standard hospitality that everyone thinks uh, when they see an advertisement or a commercial for a hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. I actually had an experience that that uh, prompted that blog post. So I was uh, funny enough. I was in and out here in uh, uh, just north of San Francisco. Uh, I don't know. It was about a month and a half ago. Uh, so this is you know this is a relatively recent post, and 
I had a visit to that restaurant and it that, that's that's what inspired the the post here. I went in, it was late at night, it's about eleven thirty, uh coming at home after an event. And uh I walk in. If any of you have ever been to In and Out, if you don't know it, it's a popular burger chain out here and uh, mostly in California. And uh late at night, anytime after about ten o'clock, there's almost always a line, you know to the door, almost always outside the door. And, you know, a drive through line, uh, 20 cars deep. I mean, this place is slammed uh, late at night. So 1130 night, I walk in, I wait in line, you know, a decent amount of time to get through the, you know, 20 or so people to get to the front in my order that I waited for. And there was a guy behind the counter who was expediting the orders. And he just struck me as someone who absolutely got it. He understood that he wasn't just expediting food orders. He was the face of the restaurant. He was interacting with customers, you know, as they were coming up to get their food. He was even interacting with people that were just waiting on their food. So he was asking people if they wanted a water cup or how their night was going. Now, you know, if any of you have ever been in a busy restaurant, especially a a busy uh, quick service restaurant like that, it's, uh, it's, it can be tough. You know, people are, antsy. They want their food. Uh, There's a lot of activity going on. You're sort of managing front of house and back of house operations. Uh, And it's easy just to get into a a turn and burn mindset. Uh, But that's what struck me about this experience is it was completely different. He, He went from what was could have been a typical service style interaction. And he took it that one step further where he was really providing a high level of, uh, of hospitality to the guests and the customers that were in the restaurant. So that's what prompted the uh, the article. That's what made me want to do a bit of a deep dive on uh, my experience and what I've seen uh, through through you know the different positions that I've held. And um, and yeah, that's I guess that's why we're talking today. Awesome. Um, so in a way, uh, you probably saw him when he was interacting with guests or customers. Um, he was making more than just a food and uh, service connection, but he was kind of also making. Um, an emotional connection, I would assume, uh, connecting with them about their night, uh, their their background, what's going on with them. He made that humanization uh, factor instead of just being another order, being another ticket, being another um, you know to go bag in a way. Uh, he yeah. really made that emotional connection and kind of put the humanization into the factor of the service. Yeah, that's exactly right. It wasn't a transactional kind of a relationship where I give you money and you give me my thing that I bought. It was way more than that. He uh, he he did a really great job of making that uh, emotional connect uh, to to the restaurant. Something that could have been, you know, very uh, very passive. He he engaged me as the customer, and he he didn't need to do that. But at some point along the way, he was clearly uh, not just. Uh, told this, but he was shown how to do it. Now, there's you know, there's obviously an element of um, you know talent and, and all of those other elements there. But you know he was clearly explained the importance of doing this, and and somebody uh, at In and Out, presumably a manager or trainer, uh, showed him how to do that. So you you think it was a it was a taught out of that In and Out compared to other In and Outs? That was a kind of a cultural management trained thing. Um, for this specific restaurant? 
Yeah, I think it was. And it's hard to say if it was a specific restaurant or not. I don't have uh, enough experience at multiple locations to know what the culture is. But I can tell you that at that one particular restaurant, uh, it's very evident that that is an important aspect of, of their, uh, their training, their onboarding, you know, their ongoing discussions with, uh, with their frontline team, that you're more than just whatever your specific job function is. You really do represent the restaurant. Uh, and you have the ability to make that experience for customers coming in even better than than what they would expect it to be. And all through engaging with customers in a way that maybe they don't necessarily expect. So um, that's, that's actually a, a unique uh, way to look at it. And um, I see on, on your blog as hospitality is the process of doing something for someone. Um, so service, in a way, is like a monologue, like you say. Um, and so hospitality is taking that monologue into um, a different aspect. Can you explain a little bit more into that of the meaning of hospitality? Yeah, yeah. So I, you've probably experienced this. I'm sure that there's listeners that have experienced this too, where you're sitting around a table and you're looking at your reviews or you're talking with your manager and they say, we have to improve our service, right? Mm -hmm. That's such a... Uh, it's almost a crutch term at this point where, you know, it's to me, that's just, it's just words. It's fluff. It doesn't, there's no meaning to that statement, improve our service. What does that actually mean? Right. And that's why I think so many businesses struggle to actually make meaningful movement and improvement in their, uh, their reviews, you know, whether you're looking at, you know, TripAdvisor or if you do some sort of a, um, a standardized, you know, maybe a company, uh, directed review process. Um, so I think it's important that when businesses are figuring out how to improve reviews, how to improve the guest experience, you've got to define what it is you're actually trying to do moreover than just improve service. And you're absolutely right. You know, service that if you really look at what you're trying to provide there, that's a monologue right? Mm -hmm. When you're providing service, you are deciding how you want that interaction to go. You're setting your own standards for that service. It's the process of doing something to someone, you know, you're handling a task. Uh, it's the technical delivery of a service or product. So, you know, for example, if you're working at the front desk, and I, I lean on the front desk a lot because you know I, I spent a lot of time there in my career. Same. But if yeah. you're working, if you're working at the front desk and you're going through a check-in process, uh, how many times have you been told that you need to use the name so many times in an interaction, and you need to confirm all of these details of the reservation, and you need to explain the opening and closing hours of the restaurant, and you need to tell them about you know parking and you know where the nearest tourist attraction is, whatever all of the things are, right? That the hotel is deciding that that they've decided are important for the guests to know. Um, that's a service. You're not giving the guest an opportunity to tell you whether they want to receive those things or not. You're just, you're giving it to them. You're deciding to do it. So that's why I use the term service as a monologue because there's no dialogue there. The difference is that hospitality is about having situational awareness. You're listening to the person that you're interacting with and you're responding to the ebb and flow of that interaction in a way that lets them know that you're delivering what it is that they want, right? So it's the process of doing something for someone. So that's the, that's the crux there. 
You're not doing something to someone, you're doing something for someone. It's how the delivery of that product or service makes the customer feel. Exactly. And, that, and that's the big difference. Um, so one of my favorite terms I like to use um, at the hotel that I'm at is kind of reading the room. Because um, we're told, like you said, say their name this many times, tell them the pool hours, the restaurant, the breakfast, all that stuff. Um, these are mandatory things that we should have with every guest. But then let's say you get a guest that doesn't really want to talk and just wants their keys and you keep them there for 10, 20 minutes, even though that's an over-exaggeration, there's should never be a check in that long. Um, but you see that they want to just get their keys and go, but you don't read the room. You don't read their body language. You don't read their, their quickness of, okay, okay, I get it. Yep. 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 Um, type interaction versus when you have somebody that comes in and they're, oh my gosh, yeah, we're here on our honeymoon or anniversary or whatever it is. And they go into detail about their life and their exciting trip. And they're so excited to stay with you and kind of creating that personal touch. Um, it's a big thing because kind of when you were talking about it being a monologue, um, service is a monologue, which is so true. Um, but you can find the difference when that monologue turns into conversation where you can tie the monologue in with the guest, but then you also have that personalization of, Maybe just pointing out something about their their luggage or the way they're dressed and kind of say, oh, are you here on in town for business or are you here for leisure or pleasure or whatever? You can tell kind of just by reading the room, reading their body language, reading their facial expression, their tone of voice um, experience and the way they do that. So one of my big things I always like to tell front desk agents, because like you, I've been spent many hours and times at the front desk. Um, is kind of tying in that monologue. Yes, this is important to get across the board because these are going to be questions that they have while they stay here. But there's also an importance of finding those in-between moments where you can fit in something that makes it personalized for them, that makes it feel special, not just like they heard you check in the other person in front of them in a way. That's exactly right. You know, I, I challenge hotel managers today to explain the relevance of using a guest name so many times in an interaction. How does that experience for the guest really elevate the, uh, what it is that they're getting from, from the hotel, the interaction with, with that employee? What I think is more meaningful is you can use the guest name three times in an interaction, but don't force it in, right? If you, exactly. if you have a, if, if someone just comes up and asks you, you know, what time is the restaurant open or what time does it, does it close? You know, forcing the name in three times that interaction, it doesn't make any sense, right? But if you're there and you're having a conversation about, you know, how to get to the airport or, you know, what are the tourist attractions around or if they want more of a, a, a deep conversation about, you know, what, whatever it is, then maybe that makes sense, right? So you've got to understand the type of interaction that you are having with the guest and, and kind of the, the meaning behind some of those service standards that have been put in place and that a, a lot of uh, hotel operations just continue to use because, because there's legacy behind it. I was going to say also, um, yes, remembering their or using their name three times or whatever um, your hotel standards is. Uh, could be important and it's nice for them because it feels a little personalized. But I can tell you, you know, 10 out of 10 times after that check-in is complete and you've had that interaction with that guest, 
remembering your name when they come back down or you, you see them the next day and calling them out just saying, hey, Mr. Smith or Mr. Reynolds, how are you today? Um, and remembering it, even though you only had a quick, maybe five minute interaction with them, is going to make way more difference than using their name three times when you check them in. That's exactly right. And that that's really what we're getting down to here. I'm not saying that standards aren't important. They're very important, right? Because yeah. they, they set the expectation. It's your interpretation and your execution of service standards that really make the difference. And it's really, it's honestly, it's the difference between good operations and great operations is giving people the leeway to interpret what it is that they're doing with the guest, uh, put their personality on it, put their own spin on it, react to that dialogue and, and really make that interaction uh, meaningful for the guest. And, you know, just to call back to the initial inspiration for that post, you know, going into that busy in and out, uh, you know, I, I, I was along with probably 15 or 20 other people waiting for the order to come up and, you know, it's late at night and maybe you're, you know, I was getting kind of thirsty. I didn't have a, uh, a drink with me. And the, the person behind the counter saw that and, you know, called me up to the counter and offered me a water glass. And I was able to go get a, a glass of water while I waited for my order. And he didn't have to do that. Right. But, you know, he saw that there was a lot of people waiting for their orders. He knew it was going to be a you know set, probably specific amount of time for you know my order to come up. He saw that I was empty-handed, uh, and that you know maybe a glass of water would make the experience a little bit better while I waited. So you know, reading the room a little bit and understanding what your customers are going through, and then doing those little things that elevate the experience that maybe addresses a need that they didn't know that they had but you know would make their experience better or more comfortable or whatever the situation calls for. That's the difference between providing a service and really providing great hospitality. Yeah, so it's kind of knowing their, knowing their needs before they know that they need it. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Well, awesome. Um, well, to be honest, I think that was a really good cover of the difference in, in hospitality and service. Um, is there anything else you would like to maybe add for listeners or kind of um, dive into a little bit more? Well, I think one of the things to talk about is, you know, we've we've sort of at the 30,000 foot level discussion right now talking about, you know, the, the, the differences between the two concepts. But, you know, I want to try to provide as much value for listeners as I can here. And so if we were to distill that, uh, the, you know, the last 15 or so minutes that we've been talking into, you know, how do you take this and make it actionable on the ground, right? Because that's exactly. really what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, and that's where a lot of places struggle. They don't know how to take these concepts or they're very busy or short-staffed, whatever it is. And how, do, what's the like one or two things that I can do to get my team, uh, you know, going in the right direction right now? And, you know, when we're talking about this service and hospitality uh, concept here, one of the things that department managers can do immediately is spend some time on the floor, watch how your team interacts with their guests, and start to pick out some of those like one or two little things that you see as an observer, as an outside observer, not kind of in the mix of that interaction, that your team member could have done a little bit differently or an extra service that they could have done to elevate that service interaction. Because what that's going to do, it's going to give you as a manager an opportunity 
to interact with your team member, uh, give them real-time feedback, and you know, tell them you know, what it is that you like that they were doing and, and the one thing that they could have done to improve that interaction, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, we talked about some examples at the front desk. If you're in the restaurant, uh, you know, if you're, if you're interacting with the table and you're taking an order and, you know, you're a manager, you're walking, watching your server do this. And, you know, let's say the server uh, doesn't offer uh, a newspaper uh, to the guests when they're waiting for their food or, uh, you know, uh, when after they paid their bill, you know, maybe there's a little, um, you know, departing gift, a little like, you know, mini muffin or something that the, that the server could take over just as a parting uh, surprise and delight for the guests. Just these little things that might not be front of mind for the staff that are on the front line, but you get the benefit of having a, an outside observer's view uh, that, that you can impart that uh, some of those practices on your team. I think that's the big key to operationalizing this right out of the gate. And then the next step from that is you really ought to be going through your onboarding process, your training process with your teams. And, and not only that, your ongoing training with your frontline staff. And so, you know, when you hire somebody, don't just have them start, you know, you train them for three days, throw them on the floor and forget about them. Uh, you, you need to be following up with your teams all the time uh, and doing just little mini trainings, five, 10, 20 minute trainings. Um, and this is a good opportunity for you to start talking about, you know, what are some things that uh, your staff can do to take that interaction to another level? You know, let them come up with ideas and tell you as a manager what they can they can do, some, some extra steps that, uh, that they can take just to elevate that service interaction. Because, you know, they're dealing with it all the time. And, you know, they, they may be thinking a lot of times thinking, if you've got a long list of standards that your employees need to hit, they may think that they, A, don't have the support or B, don't have the time to, to elevate an interaction. But, you know, they may have a ton of ideas and want to do that. They just feel like they're not supported. So that's a good opportunity for you to have those conversations and, uh, and start to change the service culture, whether it's in your department or in your hotel, to start moving in this direction. Awesome. I have two points to add to that because... Um, for the people that are on the front line all the time, not for the manager who has the outside look, but for the person that is on, actually this is for both of them, because when you're out on the, the front line all the time, not gonna lie, as much as I love the industry and the, the stuff that we do, it can get exhausting and you can burn out really quickly, especially if you're on the front desk. And so when you're a manager and you're able to take those 10 minute, five minute trainings with your staff, um, either showing something that they're doing really well or something that they can just do a little bit better on, uh, maybe looking for that window where they can connect with the guest. That is a huge refresher for the, the staff. That is a, a moment where they get to sit back and kind of not relax, but they're able to adjust and it's going to be a really good refreshing time for them because they're constantly, you know, having either the same conversation with many guests or, you know, going through the same, maybe getting a complaint and just getting worn down after a busy weekend. Um, these are big refresher moments. And I think it's key because there's nothing worse than working nine days straight at the front desk when you're super busy and full occupancy and your manager doesn't even take you aside and give you five, 10 minutes of review, positive um, feedback along with some improves. And I think that's really huge. And then my next point, and Adam, feel free to chime in if you um, have anything to add. But um, 
my next point is if you're a front desk agent or just person on the front line, whether it's restaurant, ballet, um, my biggest suggestion is give it your all because the moment you go above and beyond and you just treat every interaction like it's going to be a different, complete, um, whole new introduction of meeting somebody and just giving every ounce and believing in the product and believing in the hotel and the service and really setting that standard for the property itself. Um, that is my best advice. Just go all in. Um, it can be a strength and it can be a weakness. Um, sometimes you can take things a little too personal. Uh, I've been there. I've had some harsh feedback from a guest. I took it way too. And um, Adam, I, we, we've talked about this where when you have that kind of interaction, you can't make it personal because uh, that's really what's going to drag you down. But give it, give it your all and really put your heart into it believe in what you do and what the property itself does and i think um with managers taking that 10 minute 15 minute who knows how long uh, uh coaching session will really make the difference in your staff and how they they interact and also look up to you as a leader that's exactly right you know we hire people because they have the talent and the strengths to work with people right? To work with customers. That's why we bring a lot of frontline staff on in the first place. A lot of hotel companies even do some of these, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to use air quotes around this term personality tests. I know that's, that's not the, the preferred way of referring to them as, but you know, they're, they're basically strengths finders, um, uh, pre, uh, screen or pre hire, um, interviews that, that hotel companies do. They try to pick out the things that, uh, uh, candidates are good at, Mm-hmm. So we go through this process, right? And then we put our team uh, in a frontline position and we say, you know, do it this way and this way only. And impart a little bit of your personality, you know, when it's appropriate, but, you know, do everything the same every single time with every single guest. And, you know, people aren't, uh, they're not robots, right? This, what we do is not uh, a factory line. You know, we're not building uh, cars here, you know, where everything has to be the same every single time, right? For exactly. safety reasons, there's meant to be personality and, uh, and, and ebb and flow to an interaction. And it's really important that, that managers out there empower their teams to be able to do that. You put a person in a position, in a frontline role to represent your business, allow them to do that. Take the handcuffs off. I couldn't have said it better, any better myself. That was awesome. I totally agree. Good stuff. Perfect. Well, um, so all the listeners out there, I just want you guys to to know if you're in the industry or not. Um, these are some things I honestly suggest bringing up to your team, uh, bring your management staff, bringing up um, just in your own, try it out. Try it out at the property that you're at or the restaurant that you're at or the store that you work at, I don't know, wherever you are, go ahead and implement these. We would love to hear um, your feedback. Did it work? Did it not work? Is there some fine tuning that can go along to this? Um, Adam and I are doing a couple more episodes for this uh, series. So please stay tuned. And Adam, um, take it away with any um, upcoming stuff for proven principles or anything like that. Yeah, good. Thanks. Well, if people, if they haven't checked us out yet, you can uh, find our website at theprovenprinciples.com. Uh, we use the same 
the proven principles on all the socials. So if you're on Facebook or on Twitter or on uh, on Instagram, you can find us there. Uh, and that's where we've got a lot of interesting things going on. Uh, we were working on uh, some fun uh, Alexa skills, uh, uh, flash briefing skills. So something like, like around that piece is... Actually, I said Alexa, Alexa and mine just went off. <laughs> Sorry to the listeners where that just happened to. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so look for that coming out in, in the near future. We've got our blog that gets updated every Monday and Wednesday. Um, and, and we've got a few other little uh, little things in the works right now. So uh, so stay tuned. Perfect. Well, awesome. So I will attach a link to uh, Proven Principles. Everyone check them out. If you're in California, hit up Adam. Um, and uh, if you're in the Pacific Northwest or Oregon or Washington, hit me up. Um, and I appreciate Adam for being on the show. And we will be back um, sometime next week uh, with another episode coming out for this series. I hope you guys enjoy. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much. My pleasure. See you later, Adam. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.